Hey everybody, and welcome to Podcast 67, which I am tentatively calling Second Thoughts. Hopefully the show won't be too crazy. I'm going to call this section Second Thoughts, and if I decide to do it again, I will probably give it some special intro music so you know it's coming. As regular listeners of the show know, at the end of the show, during the close, I will sometimes talk about the games I'm playing currently, and some just, I guess, random thoughts about them. I couldn't think of anything to talk about this time yet so far, so I have decided to sort of revisit some of the older games. I say that as sort of a question because they aren't really all that old, but they are things that I have been playing for a little while, or things that I have stopped playing. All of these are basically things I have talked about in the close of recent podcasts, so there's probably not going to be anything terribly new, but there are some thoughts for some things, so I thought maybe I would revisit some of the recent-ish games I have played that I have been playing for a while, or that I have stopped playing. The first one is The Secret Road, which I have been playing pretty much every day since it launched. I have been surprised with how fun, I guess it is, you could say. I am playing it kind of differently than most people would play it. I have some friends that I play with, and there's a couple of different kinds of quests you can do. There are story-based quests, which, you know, talk about the story of what's going on in the world and sort of advance your knowledge of what happened, and what's going on currently. And then there are sort of side quests, which are sort of, I guess, more standard MMOG types. They're just like, you know, usually go kill these things or go over here and go over there. And so I try to save all of these story-based quests for playing with my friends. And so since I have played so much, I think last time I looked it was seven play days, which is a lot for me. I have been building my character sort of sideways, I guess you could say. Because you get points and you get these abilities and there aren't levels per se. There are tiers of equipment. But since I'm not really advancing in terms of location in the game, I'm not really seeing anything new and I'm not really getting equipment of that level. I am peeking a little bit ahead of where my friends are. So I am getting some equipment that is higher level. But again, you know, I am not learning too much about the story in that area. So I'm basically playing the areas we've played as a daily, I guess you could say. I just go in and I do all the quests and then I get tokens for gear and stuff. And it's not that bad, you know, usually when you grind things over and over and over you get kind of sick of them. But the design is a little bit different. I mean, it's not your standard go kill 10 things. There are a few quests like that. Like I said, the side quests are a little bit more like that. But it's not too bad. I'm still having a lot of fun. I do think now that I am basically complete with the two builds that I want for my main playstyle, I think that I am going to be slowing down quite a bit. I would guess I have been playing anywhere between 4 and 8 hours a day. That's just, you know, a rough guess. 
And I'll probably cut down to half that or less once I do accomplish everything I need, which I would say would probably be sometime next week. So my second thoughts on The Secret World is that it has been a lot more fun than I expected. I didn't expect, you know, grinding to keep my interest as much as it has. But again, I'm sticking with my original thought that this is not worthy of a subscription. Even though I haven't really gotten much further in the game because I'm, you know, sort of artificially holding myself back, there really isn't that much content there. I have looked around the Egypt area, which is the second of three areas, and there really aren't that many quests. I mean, if I were to pick up these story-based quests, I think there are maybe half a dozen that I know of. I haven't traveled the whole zone. I've only looked at maybe, I guess, half of it, as it were. So there would be, you know, other quests in different areas that I haven't been yet. But even if we were very generous and said that there were maybe, you know, two dozen quests total in terms of regular quests and side quests that I have not seen, that's still only a few dozen quests for the entire first and second section that are, you know, worth repeating. I only peeked very, very briefly at Transylvania. I did not look at the map. So I don't know how much content there is there. But we are only a few weeks from launch and people are already grinding, you know, the highest level stuff. The average person is not in my area anymore. My areas are pretty much empty. So to me, I really don't think that's a game worth a subscription. Now, if they were to put out some kind of big patch or like a whole new entire area, like every four to six months, then... Maybe it would be worth a subscription. This first time that they patched in what they claim to be a monthly patch was something like six quests, which, you know, is not a lot if you divide it over the three main areas people can play in. That's two per area. And then two nightmare mode dungeons, which is basically just a retuning of the normal dungeon. And that is not a lot of content at all. Again, if you compare it to any game, basically, that's out there currently that is a subscription-based game, Secret World has far, far, far less content, and I really don't think it's worth a subscription. If it were, you know, maybe $5 or something. But again, uh, much more fun than I thought. Without my friends, though, I really don't think I would continue to play it. It's just not worth the monthly fee. If it had no monthly fee, I might still hang on to it for a bit longer. But as long as they are playing, you know, I will be in there to some degree. Magic the Gathering Duel of the Planeswalkers 2013 hasn't really been touched after the first 10 hours or so that I played. Now, the important thing to remember about that is that the base game, I think, is only $10. I got, like, the one that gives you the soundtrack as well for something like 20 So it's not exactly an expensive game. Even if I don't ever play it again... You know, that's worth the money right there. However, it was kind of disappointing to go through the first campaign and most of the challenge-type puzzles. And then when I got to the second campaign, it's like, I lost, and I lost, and I lost, and I lost, and I lost. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll try again later. A week or so went by, maybe two weeks. And then I decided, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll try and play again. And I lost, and I lost, and I lost. And I said, okay, you know, forget that. That's not worth it. So it was disappointing that the first campaign was quite a bit of fun. And then the second campaign just got so much harder, it just became not interesting to me. 
So I did have a ton of fun with that. I am kind of sad that it is so limited. It is more of a puzzle game than not, and as such, it's not as replayable as I thought. But it is very beautiful, very cool looking, very slick. It's always what I wanted Magic the Gathering, you know, on computer form to be like. But I would have preferred something closer to the original Magic the Gathering game, which was you had this deck and you were a person and you're traveling around the land and there was sort of a 2D landscape, you know, at the time that's, that's how things were. And there would be random encounters and you would fight them and, and there would be special tower challenges. You'd go in and you'd fight the head wizard person of the tower. And, you know, there was an actual deck building component to it and you could win or lose cards. And I thought that was a lot more interesting than the dual style. But, you know, with it as complicated as the game has got and how they want to control the AI of the opponents, I could see, you know, the dual style makes a lot of sense. Dear Escher is a sort of old school, I guess you could say graphics adventure style game. Not a lot of those games around these days. I had been hesitating to pick it up because I heard it only had a few hours of play. And pretty much regardless of the price, unless a game is on my phone, I tend to avoid anything that has, you know, a reported few hours of play. It came up on sale. I think it was like two bucks or three bucks or something. So I decided, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and pick it up. And it was quite a surprise. Apparently, some parts of the story are random, though it does have a main story. And I don't know how soon I will replay it because that main story is, I guess you could call it predictable, but, you know, known might be a more accurate word. You know how it's going to start. You know what the main story is. You know how it's going to end. So even if there are, you know, random things along the way, you know, the overall story is going to be the same. And it did only take me one hour to beat it. You know, there was stuff I probably could have gone around and explored and spent some more time there. I was kind of surprised at how short the time was. But due to the richness of the experience, I guess I could call it, I would say it felt like it was probably worth 10 times that in entertainment and enjoyment value. The game is absolutely gorgeous. There are no monsters or levels or loot. As I said, it's sort of an old-school graphics adventure style game. So there's lots of cool stuff to explore. And, you know, when you haven't played through it before, you're wondering what's going on with the story. You know, why is this thing here? What's going on over here? And you're checking out sort of a history of what's going on on this island. So I was quite surprised by Dear Escher. And I would say anybody who has ever played a graphic style adventure who enjoyed it, should definitely pick this up and give it a look. Civilization V has been a disappointment to me in that I haven't played it since my first sort of excitement about it. As I mentioned before, I played, I think it was 3 was the last one, and I was sort of iffy about it. You know, I liked it, I didn't like it. There was a lot of stuff that I kind of did not enjoy about 3. 5 added some new stuff, and the Gods and Kings expansion also added some new stuff. I would agree with everybody that it is a bit easier for new players to get into, or people who aren't totally into the Civ series, or, you know, don't spend all this time micromanaging. But I don't know, I played like 10 hours after I originally got it, and I had, you know, a reasonably good time with it. I wasn't super thrilled with it, it still is... 
basically that you know exact same game as Civ 3 and probably all the Civ games before that. So I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't all that different. It was pretty much the exact same thing as before. The things that kind of frustrated me before, you know, were the same. There was still, you know, far too much micromanagement. The tech tree is, you know, very predictable. And I suppose, you know, that's a good thing for a strategy game like this. But I don't know, I played those 10 hours and it's pretty much sat on my system untouched in weeks. So I probably won't go back to it again. It is very cool, and if you might be interested in that sort of game, I would definitely say pick up the demo and check it out. But if you're like me, and you, you know, didn't like a previous version all that much, you probably won't like this new one all that much either. It's basically the same thing, just, you know, with a few minor updates. So that is all of my second opinion for those games. After having, you know, my initial thoughts and sort of the initial reviews I did for them. These are sort of, you know, later thoughts where they have been played quite a bit more or they have been sitting, you know, on my shelf as it were untouched in quite a while. I don't know if this really helps you in any way, but, you know, it was something to talk about and I couldn't think of anything else to talk about. So, there it is. Listen close to everybody's heart and hear that breaking sound. Hopes and dreams are shattering apart and crashing to the ground. I cannot believe my eyes, how the world's filled with filth and lies. But it's plain to see, evil inside of me is on the So I'm going to break from tradition a little bit and talk about something that is not gaming. As most people know, I have a sad and, I guess you could say, frustrating life at times. And a friend of mine was having kind of a, a bad day today. But it made me think back to, you know, the times when I was in home and what if, you know, those were friends that I could meet up with in real life. You know, what I would do to try and cheer them up. So I just thought I would, um, you know, throw this out there to you guys who might know somebody who is sad or, you know, maybe you are a little sad and you want to cheer yourself up. I know sometimes when I am mad, not so much just sad, I tend to not want to be cheered up. But, you know, people can still cheer me up and bring me out of my sad or mad time. And so this is what I would do in such a time. People have to come out of whatever it is that's going on at their own pace. So, you know, don't try and force anybody out of being sad or mad, you know, too quickly. But I would usually just do something that is, I guess, comforting. Comfort food, as it were. And I would often get typically a pizza from Round Table. I used to do half pepperoni and half ham and pineapple. But a few years back, I guess more than a few now because I've been homeless this whole time and it was before that. But they started being kind of stupid about it and charging full price as a, a specialty pizza. So it was like 20 bucks, 22 bucks or something instead of like, you know, it used to be like 16, I think, for a two-topping pizza. So, you know, in more recent times, I would do just pepperoni. But I get a pizza, you know, just order a pizza 
for dinner, so you don't have to worry about cooking or dishes or anything. And then I would also go to the store because the store is just a few doors down from the pizza place. You know, I, I could usually get it delivered, but I would do this, you know, both at the same time. So I would go to the store. You can get a six pack or a 12 pack or a way too many pack of cupcakes up to you, depending on, you know, how many people are in the house. And you always, you know, want to have enough to share because that's kind of sad, you know, if people don't get enough or they have to fight over certain things. Or sometimes, too, I would go to Panda and get a dinner. And, you know, same cupcakes for dessert. Panda is a little bit tougher, though, because if you're trying to cheer someone up, you have to know what they want. You can't just be like, hey, I ordered pizza, it'll be here soon. You know, it's like, you know, you gotta know what they want in advance, and you gotta know, you know, if they're in the right mood. Pizza, I find, typically cheers people up, you know, no matter what. Most people like pizza, especially if you know the kind of pizza they like. Like I said, I like pepperoni and ham and pineapple. And if given a choice, I like the thick crust style. And that's actual thick crust because I know East Coast style has like skinny crust that's even skinnier than regular crust here on the West Coast. So, you know, that's like super fat crust to them, I guess. But I don't know. I like the thicker crust. Or if you just want to get something maybe like a dessert snack and not an actual dinner slash instant party. I would recommend the Keebler Grasshopper Cookies. They're a lot like the Thin Mint Girl Scout Cookies. But you can get the cookies all year round. It doesn't matter, you know, what time of year it is. They are always for sale. The only disadvantage to those is that since they are chocolate, you know, they have um, sort of a minty inside thing. But the outside is chocolate, so you do have to keep them, you know, ideally cool or refrigerated. Otherwise, they all get stuck together and stuff. So they're not so good for, you know, taking on a picnic or putting in a car for any length of period at all. But that can also be a nice treat. And so, I don't know, you know, it's not really gaming related. But I know we gamers tend to be, you know, a little bit more emotional. Sometimes, you know, a little bit more vulnerable because we are more socially isolated as a general rule. And so I think, you know, we should just try and keep an eye out for each other. And, you know, everybody in general, keep an eye out for whoever. I don't know, maybe it's just how I roll. I like to, you know, make sure everybody's having an okay time, if not a good time. And so I thought I would uh, put out the instant rabbit party idea for anybody who might need it. Or, you know, maybe you're feeling a little sad and, you know, want to cheer yourself up a little bit. This would usually work for me. Like I said, I don't always immediately come out of being sad. You know, sometimes I would. Sometimes I would go get that stuff, take a little shower, and be like, oh, I feel much better now. I have a little party here waiting for me. And other times, it's like, you know, I would still be sad. You know, eat kind of slow. But eventually, I would feel a little less sad. And, you know, that is something. Just a pre-close editor note, I decided to change the name to Second Opinion because Second Thoughts tends to have negative connotations. I don't know if I will stick with the Second Opinion name or not if I do it again in the future. Also, for those who follow my site semi-regularly, 
I have posted new system recommendations. So if you're looking to build a system anytime soon, you might want to give those a look. So that is it for this Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. Hopefully everybody had a good time despite my not having a whole lot to talk about. I know a lot of it was stuff I've mentioned before. And the whole instant party thing is not really gaming related. So that's kind of bad or good depending on you know which you prefer to hear about. I guess maybe it is a nice break since I do talk about gaming all the time. Except for you know special events. I don't know what I will talk about next time. Hopefully I will be able to think up some cool stuff. I don't have any games coming that I know of until October, so still there's nothing I know of coming soon to watch out for or keep an eye on. But hopefully everybody's having a good time. There is a little bit of news about Star Wars The Old Republic. As I predicted, it is going free to play. Not surprised at all. They have announced it will go free to play in November. So it will be just under a year that it was subscription-based. They say it will cap at 50 for the non-subscriber people. I don't even remember if that's maximum level or not at this point. I, I haven't played in forever. All I remember is I was really annoyed at the thought of needing a third hotkey bar. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I may go back and occasionally look at it now and then after it goes free in November. Because the story is really cool and interesting. But I don't know, I remember getting really frustrated at needing to have so many buttons and having all these totally different abilities that were really, really, really situation-specific. I just find that kind of annoying and not very interesting to play. So, you know, I might play, I might not. I don't know. We'll see. But I can't think up any other gaming news, or like I said, nothing is coming up that I know of. I'm sure there might be a lot of stuff happening that I don't know of. You never know. I don't know everything, but hopefully people had an okay time, and maybe I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. When I was 21, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls who lived up the stair with perfumed hair that came undone when I was 21. I had been hesitating. Oh, a little too loud. But now... What a piece of junk! You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com if you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with 
not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.